Hello, members of the Resilient Catholics community. Dr. Peter here. We are in week 28. It's all about inviting spiritual confidants into our IFS-informed human formation work. I want to welcome you to our Interconnections Talk. It's week 28. We are continuing our journey together, our pilgrimage together toward greater internal integration. And today, many of you have been asking, today we are going into a more spiritual realm. We're going to discuss how to bring God, Mother Mary, the saints, the angels into our human formation work. Now, as we begin, I want to express a lot of gratitude to my friend and colleague, Catholic psychologist, Dr. Peter Martin at Catholic Social Services in Lincoln, Nebraska. He has been developing what he has named internal evangelization therapy. This is a way of integrating internal family systems approaches into the Catholic faith, firmly grounded in a Catholic understanding of the human person. Dr. Martin has great insights into the topic we are addressing today, spiritual confidants. I am very grateful he has been so willing, so generous in sharing his resources with us, his work with us, and I'm leaning heavily on his materials. So a lot of credit, psychologist Peter Martin, and kudos as well for his groundbreaking work. Now, a quick review of last week, week 27, we were discussing how each person's internal system is made up of subsystems. And each subsystem revolves around an exiled part. It's often said that the human psyche is like an onion. You have these layers. Richard Schwartz, he argues that our internal system is like a bulb of garlic made up of cloves. The bulb is the entire system. Each clove is the little subsystem inside of us. The exile is in the center of each of those little cloves. The protectors work to seal off the exile and its burdens from overwhelming the entire system. We reviewed last week how protectors have their own burdens too, and the burden of a protector is its role. The burden of a protector is its protective role. The roles that protectors take on are so demanding, they're trying to control situations, they have limited resources, they're very young phenomenologically, they are trying to lead and guide your system, and so many times they're exhausted. We talked about different examples of protectors from the IMK reports, the top 10 managers, the top 10 firefighters, and we got into some specific guidance for working with protectors as we get down to the deeper levels, the childhood origins of protectors' roles. That was what last week, week 27, was all about. And the importance of being with your protectors for them to experience the benevolence of the presence of your innermost self. And it's really important as we work with these protectors that we don't have another part speaking for our target protector, like a spokes part, an analytical part who's trying to figure out the target protector's experience. Really, we're looking to develop a relationship with each of our protectors and to, to be able to connect in a deep way with them and only with their permission then to be able to work at a deeper level with exiles, which is where we're going to be moving to in the next few weeks. Spiritual confidence, though, we're going to talk today about the who, what, where, when, why, and how of spiritual confidence. So let's start with the who. 
Who are they? Who are our spiritual confidants? Well, spiritual confidants are spiritual persons, spiritual beings. They are helpers, mentors, companions, friends. Basically, spiritual confidants are attachment figures. These are persons in the spiritual realm who are helping us to have a secure base and who are a safe haven. That's attachment language, right? A secure base and a safe haven. They help us with those basic attachment needs, those primary attachment needs. And you've heard me refer to these over and over again, right? The need for safety, security, protection. That's number one. Number two, feeling seen, heard, known, and understood. Number three, feeling comforted, soothed, and reassured. Number four, feeling treasured, cherished, delighted in. And number five, uh, helping me to organize my feelings and sort through my experiences, wishing my highest good. Those are That's an adaptation from Brown and Elliot, their 2016 book, Attachment Disturbances in Adults. We go back to those a lot, as you know. So what what are some examples of spiritual confidants? Well, the first one is the three persons of the Trinity, God the Father, our Creator, God the Son, Jesus, our Redeemer, God the Holy Spirit, our Sustainer. So the three persons of the Trinity. Then Mary, the Blessed Virgin Mary, especially for mother needs. And then all of the saints, right? This could be your patron saint, your name saint, some saint that has a special meaning to you. For example, St. Therese of Lisieux, the little flower, is really helpful for several of my parts in being small and childlike. St. Josephine Bakita can be really helpful with trauma and openness to love. St. Joseph for father needs. So many different saints. And then also angels, right? Your guardian angel, St. Michael, St. Gabriel, St. Raphael, these were the ones that were named in the scriptures, the angels. Now, in the field of trauma, these are often known as spiritual guides. That's common language. If you go into so many different trauma treatment modalities, they'll be referring to these figures as spiritual guides. But in an email conversation with Dr. Peter Martin, my friend and colleague, he wrote, quote, I have parts that cringe at the IFS use of the term, quote, spiritual guides, end quote, because I think it is drawn from shamanistic sources. I haven't found a great term either, but I sometimes call them spiritual resources or spiritual resource figures or spiritual intercessors, which is quite Catholic, or spiritual supports, etc. end quote. I think... Dr. Martin's right about this word, spiritual guides. I referred to them as spiritual guides when I introduced what we were going to be doing this week in last week's interconnection talk. But I'm also like struggling a little bit with the other terms, right? I agree with Dr. Peter Martin that it can be hard to find a good term. A lot of terms are too limited, too narrow to encompass the fullness of the role, or they're just too generic. I decided that I like the term spiritual confidants, which is derived from the Latin word confidentum. That's the present participle of confidere. Com, which means with or together, plus fidere, to trust or to have faith in, right? To have faith in together, to be with, to capture that idea of the togetherness. It captures the, the sense of the attachment needs that we just discussed. And that operates both at the spiritual level and the natural level. 
The important point is that we don't have to do this work alone. We have help. We have help from God. We have help from the saints, from the church, the whole church, the church militant, yes, but also the church triumphant. That raises the question, can we ask a non-canonized saint to be our confidant? Yes, if that saint is in heaven, they can be our confidant. They can intercede. They can, they can help us. And some people ask, well, what about if my grandma's in purgatory? You know, well, can she help me? Can she be a spiritual confidant? Well, there's a lot of theological speculation about whether those souls in purgatory in the church suffering or the church penitent, whether they can intercede for us. There's no definitive church teaching on it. There's heavyweight theologians that weigh in on both sides of the debate. Thomas Aquinas says, no, actually souls in purgatory can't intercede for you. St. Alphonsus Liguori says, absolutely, yes, they can. It's not, it's not been definitive on that. You know, my, my personal opinion is that God works it out. He might grant a special dispensation for your grandma to be a spiritual confidant. I don't, I don't worry about that that much, to be honest with you. So if you have somebody that you're close to that's dead, you're not 100% sure that he or she's in heaven because the church hasn't canonized her, that's okay. I would say, yeah, you can reach out to that person as a spiritual confidant. But if you don't like that, just work with canonized saints and angels. You can do that too. You don't have to get into the realm of it, you know, with the personal connection if, if that doesn't suit you. All right. So let's, so that's the who let's work on the why, why should we seek out spiritual confidants? Well, because they can help us a lot as attachment figures, not only in the spiritual realm, but also with our difficulties in the natural realm. These attachment needs for safety, security, protection, for feeling seen, heard, known, and understood, for feeling comforted, soothed, and reassured, for feeling treasured, cherished, and delighted in, and to help me sort through my experiences, right? They can help with that. There are so many different ways that spiritual confidence can help. And now I'm going to take these next ones from Dr. Peter Martin's Spiritual Support Worksheet 2.0. That's included in your resources for this week. He identifies six specific ways that spiritual confidants can help. They can provide a refuge, they can protect, they can nurture, they can share wisdom, they can delight in us, and they can encourage us. So let's review those a little bit more in depth. Providing us a refuge. These saints can create a safe space for us, a presence that helps us to feel soothed and calm. They can protect us, providing a sense of felt security, keeping us from harm. They can nurture us. They know how to care for us. They can be wisdom figures, teachers, mentors, take us under their wing, help us to understand things more deeply. They can delight in us. They can cherish us. They can treasure us. And they can encourage us. They can inspire us. They can uplift us. They can motivate us. So those, that's another way of looking at how these confidants, these spiritual confidants can help us. And again, it's not just helpful in the spiritual realm, it's helpful in the natural realm. God the Father and St. Joseph can help us with our father needs in the natural realm. Our Mother Mary can help us with our needs in the natural realm, not just in the spiritual realm, but also in the natural realm. All right, so that's the who and the why. Let's go to the when next. When do we bring confidants into our IFS human formation work? It can be at different points. It can be prior to unblending. It can be after unblending. It can be 
before witnessing. It can be during witnessing. That'll all get clearer as we go through the how, right? And that's what we're going to go to next is how do we bring these spiritual confidants in? Well, it helps to have a conceptual understanding of the process. So that's what we're going to do now in this interconnections talk. The experiential part of this will come in when we do the experiential exercise. But first, we want there to be some self-energy, your innermost self leading and guiding your system, checking with the parts, getting the parts permission about this whole idea of bringing in a spiritual confidant. We want to connect with all parts that are available in the particular subsystem that you're working with. Remember that one garlic clove, that one exile, and the protectors around that exile? That's, that's the group of parts that we're focused on in the work. That's the group of parts that are going to be invested in whether we bring in a spiritual confidant. So the self offers the possibility of bringing in a spiritual confidant to the parts in the subsystem. There's the discussion of whether that's okay. Do we have the buy-in from the parts? Again, we want to address concerned parts. We don't want to steamroll any part. And if we have permission, then the self can invoke the spiritual confidant. Right? That could be one of the persons of the Trinity, an angel, a saint. And in that the self does that for the self, the parts. And perhaps other figures, if you're working through a difficult memory, right? So the other people in the memory. Remember, the innermost self is leading and guiding the process. And there's ongoing monitoring to just kind of notice what's going on in the other parts, especially protector parts. Are there any negative reactions? And then as it seems good, the self can introduce the spiritual confidant to other parts and perhaps to other figures in the memory. It might be your mother, your father, or somebody that was in a difficult situation that you are working through. Remember that the spiritual confidant is an active, real, and participating person. This is not just some imaginary figure or some puppet. This is the actual person, the actual spiritual person. There's ongoing accompaniment. There's this presence of that confidant. And the confidant can assist all parts to peacefully discern, discover, and embrace what Dr. Peter Martin calls their internal system vocation, what their role is within the system. There's more to it than that. I'm including a whole PowerPoint on his internal evangelization therapy. I invite you to take a look at that. Uh, some of that goes beyond what we've already done so far in the RCC up to week 28. So I'm not going to get into it right now, but we will weave in more about these spiritual confidants as we continue our work in the future with exiles. All right, so that's the how. We want to remember that there's this focus on mercy. We want to remember that we're not operating out of a survival mode where our autonomic nervous system is either in fight or flight mode, all hyper aroused or dropping into the freeze mode, hypo aroused, that dorsal vagal response. But we want to be in that peaceful space, that window of tolerance, that secure connectedness. All right. So we've done the who, the why, the when, the how, and now we're on to the where. The where is about what is the proximity and the degree of contact with these spiritual confidants. You know, some parts, especially exiles, they might want to be held like an infant or like a toddler. And they might want that confidant to really be close. 
Other parts might want only an embrace, right, from the spiritual confidant. No eye contact. That might be too uncomfortable, but they would tolerate this imagery around tactile contact, right, the hugging, for example. Others might be okay with a hand on the shoulder. Others may want the spiritual confidant to be a few feet away. Others may want the spiritual confidant to be like a security guard at a distance protecting. And we need to acknowledge this, that some parts in your subsystem might not want a spiritual confidant. We need to respect this. We don't want to push it. Parts who are not yet in right relationship with the self can have very distorted God images, very distorted images of Mother Mary or the saints. They may be terrified of God. They might not find God safe or protective or nurturing or wise or encouraging or any of that. Right? Remember that the innermost self is the bridge usually between God and the parts. We want to be very respectful of parts' reactions to this idea of spiritual confidence. Often parts need to develop a trusting relationship with the self first, and then it can feel safe enough to start bringing in spiritual persons. So a lot of freedom in this. I really want you to consult with the parts about what they want. There can be the possibility of managers getting really excited about this spiritual confidant possibility, this approach, and start pushing an agenda to Christianize a part. Oh, let's get the saints in here. Let's get God in here so that God can fix this part. Wait a minute, that's not going to go over well. That's going to lead to polarization, right, with the parts that are terrified of God or perhaps really angry at God. So we want to be careful of managers who could be speaking for a part or trying to silence a part. We want to be really attuned to all the parts, all the exiles, firefighters, and managers in the subsystem, in that clove of garlic that we're working with. Sometimes there can be an assumption that because we're bringing God in or Mary in or a saint in that we can just leave it in their hands. But that's not how it works, right? The St. Augustine in Sermon 169 said, God created us without us, but he did not will to save us without us, right? Our innermost selves, our innermost selves need to be involved with this. Now, just another few ideas that I have that I think are helpful. One is that you can work with these confidants at different ages. You can be with Jesus at different ages. For example, my feisty part, the part that has carried anger for me, that part has a phenomenological age of about five. And that five-year-old part of me really likes being with Jesus, but with Jesus at age eight. At age eight, Jesus is still bigger than feisty, but not too big, right? They have great fun together. They can climb rocks. They can explore caves together in Palestine. My five-year-old feisty part really likes being with Jesus at age eight. You can be with Mary at different ages as well. And you can pick places that you've never been before. Like, I've never been to Palestine, but my feisty part likes to be in Palestine, you know. And can also come home to Nazareth, right, to the, to the home in Nazareth and to be with Our Lady as well. You can use your imagination to set the scene. There's going to be a bonus experiential exercise that can walk you through the level of attachment security and spiritual relationships worksheet, the Lasser worksheet, L-A-S-S-R. That is again by Dr. Peter Martin. It's a great way to identify who might be your best spiritual confidants right now. And I'm going to provide you an extra experiential exercise to walk you through that process of completing that sheet. 
There are lots of resources this week to help you with choosing spiritual confidants and connecting with them. And this is a foretaste of what year two will be like in the RCC. We're going to be getting into far more spiritual material in year two. Once we've completed this original first year of 44 modules, 44 weeks, we're going to be getting much more into spiritual stuff into week two. So I will see you on the other side for the experiential exercise.